0: Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Aubriana Lopez. All right, we are here with your favorite podcast of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing, and we're recording episode number 405. Today, it is March the 5th, and I hope everyone's having a great week, because we are. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's starting to get warmer. Spring is on its way. Uh, yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited that the snow is going to be gone soon. Um, can't
1: uh, wait. I don't know. The Northeast just kind of got hit here. Like all of my family and um, around the Philly area are like sending me pictures of this big snow dump they just got. And this past weekend we had like really nice warm weather. I mean, I shouldn't say really warm, but like it was like 60s, so that was nice. And the sun was shining, and then it rained for a couple of days, and now it's just sunny and frigid out. Like it's like thirty-five. It's so cold.
0: It's like Toronto. Ready for- Come on, what's going on?
1: I know. I'm ready for. I'm ready for the pollen. Bring it on.
0: Yeah, we're supposed to be like I think like fifty, sixty on the weekend here, so Ooh. should be okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: You guys are like getting an upgrade with your weather lately
0: it's it's always like we've had a couple big storms but it's it's generally been okay like temperature wise anyways um yeah so but i'm excited about it it's uh spring is always fun um yeah you know new life you know blooming blooming all those things all good anyhow um we have a good show for you we have three uh industry news stories this week we have three member news stories the other exciting thing that uh, just popped into my mind is spring training baseball is back so that's good it's back yeah that's good i'm excited about
1: that
0: yeah so uh if you're a baseball fan you know hopefully you're watching that stuff like we are uh Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, I'm pretty excited about that. You know, number one prospect in baseball is on the Blue Jays. Love it. Good
1: stuff. All right.
0: So let's jump into our show. Uh, cause I'm just uh, going we are
1: moving now. really far away from baseball. We're, we're starting with a, a hospital, you yeah. know, so let's go out to LA, Cedar Sinai. And they're testing smart hospital rooms with Alexa. So this is kind of cool. It's a platform called Ava, A-I-V-A, um, or Iva, I guess depends on how you read that. And um, so they have they did like a hundred rooms that they they uh, wired up with Alexa, and each of these rooms the patients could interact and um use Alexa for certain things so they could change the television um they could obviously change the channel or they could ask for help doing something so let's say that they needed help getting out of bed you go to the restroom or something they would ask Alexa to do that and what happens is like um the request is sent to a phone number and so it's sent to like the appropriate person for that request um and as it if nobody's like answering it just moves up the chain of command until somebody answers. So, um, they, you know, they want to do this to obviously like improve patient satisfaction with the ho- the hotel, <laughs> with the uh, hospital, as well as uh, I think like allow the staff and the caregivers, the nurses, the doctors, the medical staff to really focus on giving medical care and not necessarily like changing the channel and in, in the patient's rooms and things of that nature. So I think this is cool. I mean, I like this idea, uh, you know, people are used to using voice a lot of times already at home and so it kind of makes sense just to bring that into the hospital and to allow them to do certain functions. And also like basically it's like a triage of routing the request to the appropriate person. So instead of wasting, um, certain like a nurse's time to come in and fix the television, they can have, you know, somebody else come in and do that. so, I think this is smart. you know, I like this. I like the idea of better care in a hospital. I mean, um, you know, I haven't spent a ton of time in the hospital besides like you know when I had kids, but I guess if you could ask for the right people and you know get a a, a quicker response because you're getting to the you're getting routed to the correct person um, more quickly than going through like the human chain of of reactions, um, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I think this is cool. I, I mean, we've talked obviously about using Alexa in hotel rooms and some of the tests that are going on with Marriott and Virgin Hotels and, and, and different folks around that kind of stuff. And, you know, in a, in a fully integrated way, whether that's turning on the lighting or changing the temperature in the room or, you know, having the shower start to heat up, you know, and so you don't walk into a cold shower, you know, all those kinds of things, you know, are, you know, just... The simplicity of what you can do with this type of technology, right? And and kind of just making people's lives that much easier and better. And I think in, in a in a hospital setting, this is, you know, it makes perfect sense to me. I love kind of the use case here. I love the fact that, you know, it enables the caregivers, you know, and the staff at the hospital focus on the, the things that they're trained to do, you know, and not have to, you know, use use valuable uh, cycles uh, of time to kind of go do simple tasks. You know that can be automated in this way. So, I completely with uh, with this use case. I think the uh, uh, IVA platform um, is brilliant here in kind of kind of rolling that all together. And I don't know if they're exclusively focusing on on the hospital vertical, but. Definitely, it's, it, it, it's one that makes sense for, for me here. I can see this in, in kind of long-term care nursing home facilities. I can see this in, you know, a number of different, uh, you know, related areas as well. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a lot more to say about this. I, I think it's a, just a simple, brilliant use case of uh, Alexa or voice technology in general in terms of smart room and smart home uh, automation. Uh, and kind of tying that together so so good on these guys and uh, yeah I mean it's interesting because like if I think forward a couple months into Retail Loco in April um, you know two things like we're going to have a focus as we've had you know a little bit increasingly over the last year around voice technology so you know this is interesting for me and two is is kind of the use of of, of sensors um, you know for for sort of smart engagement right and uh and we're seeing more and more of that, whether that's in the cars or in the homes or in the buildings, um kind of across the board we're seeing uh lots of engagement there. So um yeah, I I'm excited about this and you know, we'll see how it plays out. But uh good for Cedar Sinai kind of jumping out there and kind of uh engaging with these guys. All right, on to our uh our second story now. So uh Fred Perry and Raf Simon, um uh, Simons, uh, that is, uh, are fashion designers. They are, well, Fred Perry, anyways, is is one I, I know. Um, I wasn't that familiar with uh, with Ralph Simons, uh, but I understand uh, he was chief creative officer for Calvin Klein and Christian Dior. And, um, you know, that tells you how much of a big fashion guy I am. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I want to start off by applauding these brands for, you know, being innovative in, how they're exposing their designs and their fashion to, uh, you know, to the consumer public. And so these guys have teamed up uh, on a collaborative uh, line, uh, collection that is. And the way that they're one of the ways that they're marketing and promoting this is through a virtual map uh, that, you know, you walk through a suburban town. It's kind of think Google Street View uh, with map features, but models uh, that are walking around on the streets um, in in a kind of very nondescript coastal town, um, you know, and they're basically sort of captured on camera as they walk these streets. Um, and then you can kind of follow along like in a Google Street View like how you can zoom in on different areas and kind of like You know kind of follow the, dire- the direction and path so you navigate through this virtual map You're sent on a scavenger hunt so to speak to spot models uh, As you go through the streets clicking on arrows and, and following those directions just as you do in, in Google Street View um, And then when you find one you can kind of click on it and um, and it will then reveal the garment uh, that they're featuring uh, and wearing uh, and then it'll take you to an e-commerce page where you can kind of go and learn more about that product its price or even purchase it um, there's a hundred garments uh, that are involved in this um, and yeah I, I think it's just a neat different way to uh, to kind of expose people to uh, to what you're doing you, you know kind of using this kind of virtual mapping technology um, so I think it's creative I think it's cool you, you know. And I guess on the surface, I'm not that surprised because these are creative people, right? These are designers. These are fashion people. These are people who should be embracing technology like this, and whether it's mapping or augmented reality or other things like that to kind of find new creative ways to expose what they do. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I actually went to the uh, to the map and tried it out. It's simple, easy to use. It like it easily transitions from the map when you click on something right to the e-commerce site. So, uh yeah, I would encourage people to take take a look at it. Um we'll I'll try and uh and, and uh put the link to the uh to the virtual map up uh in the podcast here as well. But uh yeah, take a look at it. Fred Perry and Ralph and Raph Simons. What do you think?
1: So I applaud the um the creative, uh, behind this, like the thought process that they kind of thought about like, Hey, let's do a virtual map, you know, let's dive in. People can find the clothes. They can find the models. Then they can go look for them. And, um, I mean, I guess if you have a lot of free time to be shopping and that's how you want to engage with finding things like a scavenger hunt, then I guess it's fun. It's certainly for a younger demographic in my mind, because, um, I want to just like go find what I want and buy it. I don't want to have to search for it. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think that this would be cool. Like, if there was a way to integrate this, like maybe with like in- your Instagram feed or like Snapchat or something where people are already um, in a virtual play, but to go there just to do this, I think is uh, a little bit of a stretch for me. But like I said, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I like the idea of this. I think that getting people to interact with the clothes or see them at different angles. I like that. Um, you know, I like that they can kind of like have this Google street maps where you can say like, Oh, let me see it from this side or this angle or whatever. Um, I think that's cool. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of indifferent to it. I don't think it's genius in terms of like, Do I think it's going to lead to a ton of sales or like high engagement. Probably not. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's fashionistas out there that just want to go on virtual scavenger hunts. I don't know. Yeah, I don't,
0: I, I don't know either, right? And I am with you on, on kind of the need to expose this uh, through other channels. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. You know they they've been promoting that they have this new map thing and and you can go try it out. It is very well done. Like if you actually go to the map. So by the way, the link for those listening is maps dot all one word. Uh, so fredperryxrafsimons.com com. So maps dot rafsimons.com is where you go and it's very well done like it's uh the graphic quality is is excellent like you you know it's got the buildings are all it's like a coastal european town it's a the buildings are all like uh in pastel colors Mm
1: -hmm. you know
0: and you know the cobblestone kind of like
1: could they gamify it where you know going going through this experience you somehow get to save or you get you know some something to incentivize you to actually like engage with this right engage with the platform um then i would be like more interested in it i think that's that's kind of the key there yeah but yeah i would say most women who are buying higher-end fashion are are not going to be sitting there playing on a virtual map just a
0: thought there you go all right very good um next
1: story is um did you have something else no no no, i'm good good.
0: all yours (laughs)
1: So we're going over to Barcelona, Spain, or if you want to say Barcelona, just don't. But uh, <laughs> Barcelona, Spain, where Mobile World Congress just wrapped up, and um, Contact IO has is a IoT infrastructure provider. And so, if you are not familiar with them, um, I know we've kind of covered them. I, I feel like we've covered them before yep. on the show, but they've just launched this new. Um, it's a it's a new environment I will say called Simon AI, and what it is is it's um here I'm just gonna read this because this is a mouthful I'll try and say this five times fast, um, location and sensor analytics software suite for safety and efficiency applications in and operational environments. So yeah, it's a lot. Um, but what this basically let me just dumb it down and tell you what it is is it's combining sensors. Real-time um, location systems and workflow to help small to medium-sized businesses be more productive, right? Um, and so they say, you know, up until this point in time, a lot of these types of um, these products or these suites or this IoT infrastructure has been more of an enterprise-level um, opportunity, right? Because it's a lot of it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of um, engineering and Uh, technical, you know, expertise that is needed to put these types of processes and sensors and everything in place in these environments. Maybe it's like a, you know, a warehouse or manufacturing or shipping or something like that. But um, now they're saying this is like more cost effective. So, you know, really anybody who has like a workflow type of situation can put these sensors in. They can do their location tags and it's just out of the box. So they've got their sensors, their location Mm -hmm. tags and then the application and it's just kind of plug and play. Um, so I, I always am a sucker for a business that says, okay, this is something that's like done really well enterprise wide, whether that's, you know, an advertising play or an actual like IoT kind of play um, like we have here that is taking something that's really like huge at scale, very expensive and say, okay, we're going to make this more affordable. We're going to like do pre or we're going to do a self-service platform or something like that. So I really like that they have taken this to where it's something that people can just implement in their, their own environments, even if they're a little bit smaller um, businesses. So I think this is really cool. And I mean, we had a few announcements obviously coming out of Barcelona last week after mobile world. Um, and this was one of the, I think cooler ones.
0: Yeah, so you know we've 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 known these guys for, for years. They were one of the pioneers of uh, of beacons and 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 IoT sensors. I mean, when when it comes to sort of buying uh, and you know from source, if you will, uh, you know manufacturers, guys who actually make sensors. These guys, you know, were were there from the beginning, you know, along with with the uh, you know the uh, you know, when, when Google and Apple, you know, first sort of got into that space, contact.io was there. Um, there, these guys are a Polish based company. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, they've done well, they've, they've had a number of of innovations in the space over the years. And, um, I like you, I, I like that they're putting a focus now on making this stuff scalable and yet affordable for small medium business. Um, you know, if I think about it in the context of, you know, my new company that I'm launching, a component of what we do is deploying, you know, IoT sensors in, in, in retail uh, environments. And, and so, you know, it, as I'm starting to figure out what we're doing there, we're always looking for, you know, the scalability of solutions, the, the, the cloud management, the data collection aspect of it, um, you know, the ability to plug, you know, data sets in through APIs and other things, uh, you know, to, to multiple platforms. You know, and I sort of see that here uh, in terms of how they're describing this. Now, while this is, you know, they're they're focusing, focusing this uh, to some extent on, um, you know, they're talking about safety and efficiency applications. Um, the, um, you know, I, 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 I don't necessarily think it's limited to just that, right? So, you know, I'm excited to kind of dig in and learn more about what they're doing with, with, with Simon and who they're focusing it on in terms of like actual end customers. Um, but for me, the biggest part of this is, is scalability, you know, interoperability, um, you know, and and access to, you know, a full set of, uh, of of real-time IoT sensor data kind of all combined together, but making that, you know, uh, available and affordable for, uh, for the small, medium business place. Um,
1: I just want to know, like, why has it got to be Simon? There's a lot of Simons out there, you know? We've know. already covered another Simon in the story. We had a… Uh... We got Simon Malls, we got Simon Says, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have to ask the contact.io people. (laughs) Yeah, so there you go. So that's our our three uh, industry news stories for this week. Uh, We have no guests this week uh, or research we're going to feature. We're going to jump right into member news this week. Uh, And I'm excited about the first story. Uh, So it's about an acquisition. Now, uh, Esri big behemoth player in location intelligence and geospatial data has made an acquisition of a good friend of ours, a good longtime member of the LBMA, and that is Indoors, and that's I-N-D-O-O dot R-S. This is a uh, Vienna-based Austrian uh, company that's a big player in in the indoor positioning uh, space. And um, Esri has 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 acquired these guys. They're rolling it into their what they call their Arc GIS uh, indoors platform. Um, you know, and this is all about enabling indoor mapping. Uh, in particular, that's the strength of of what the indoors uh, guys have been doing. You know, they've done lots of great projects in you know big conference uh, trade show type of settings of mapping trade show floors. They've done lots of work. You know, they're they're the uh, the platform that sits on the indoor mapping. Uh, behind uh, San Francisco Airport, a number of big sort of infrastructure, you know, type of, you know, locations like that. So, you know, big commercial real estate, airports, you know, corporate facilities, um, hospitals even, and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a good move for Esri. I think it uh, it gives them a strong, strong technology play. Uh, they've said as part of the acquisition, I guess they're maintaining the, uh, the indoors uh, facility, in Vienna, and that will become the Esri's new R&D center uh, in Vienna. Um, so that's cool, um, you know. And for for Burned, uh, who's uh, who's uh, one of the founders over there, and, and you know, I'm excited for these guys because I think it's it gives them you know sort of that you know that ability to be part of something much bigger um, and to kind of grow their portfolio of clients uh, through the Esri network. Um, and obviously, Esri does much more than just indoor, right? So how you can start to take this data. Uh, and the capability that indoors is bringing uh, on that side of, of the uh, you know of the bridge, and kind of team that up with other things that Esri does, you know, with with um, you know census data and and big geospatial data and you know things like site selection and and things like that. I think are, are really interesting. So um, yeah, I think that be, be able to blend indoor and outdoor location data in in one uh, environment. Um, She's kind of cool here, so, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I really like the story. Um, I love to see companies that have been around for a long time, right? I mean, Esri has been around for quite a while and kind of um, continue, continue to iterate, right? Continue to evolve and look at things in the same uh, market or, or arena where they operate, but just from a different perspective. So, you know, kind of having a layered approach in terms of location data and what does that look like from an indoor perspective versus just, like, you know, uh, satellite <laughs> imagery or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that this is really cool, um, and I like that they're evolving and that they're kind of um, adopting different different perspectives within their already well-known um, platform and, and data sets. So very go. cool. Speaking of different ways of looking at location data, Uh, what three words we covered them almost um, a year ago, like last January on the show when they got an investment from Daimler. And I think that's kind of paid off in this story because they are now being integrated into Ford. Um, So What, if you don't know about what three words, what they've done is they've divided the planet into 57 trillion three meter by three meter squares, and each square they assign three random words um, rather than an address. And where this helps and where this comes into play is um, whenever you have like more rural areas that maybe are a little bit harder to find or an address doesn't really specifically say where you're trying to meet somebody. Um, So think of like, hey, we're gonna go see this like beautiful waterfall or something and you have to hike up this way and this is how you get there or uh, we're gonna go like you know just somewhere that's like more in the middle north like we're going to some random place you know in another country that doesn't necessarily have the same postal system that we have here with um, addresses and everything so pretty cool concept and now four drivers across North America and Europe are going to be able to access what three words addressing system through the sync dashboard sync three dashboard so basically the infotainment system that you link your phone with, they do the app link, and now you'll just have to have the What Three Words app on your mobile phone and it will be synced right through there. Um, so I think that's really cool, and I see a lot in store for them in the future. I think this is really, you know, for kind of, if you think about like the Explorer, and you know, obviously it's about like exploring and taking trips to places, and you know, that's kind of what I think the messaging and marketing Um, and branding has been behind the Ford Explorer, obviously. So, you know, that goes very well and hand in hand in something like this, where you can say, okay, you know, here, I want to go here. I want to meet somebody here. Um, and you get to say, I need to go to Panda waterfall keyboard, you know, that's where I'm going to (laughs) go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like these guys are, uh, I've known these guys from the day they started, right. And was involved with uh, some of the early, uh, you know, iterations of, of what, three words in the board and, and so on. And, uh, you know, to see how far they've come, uh, they've raised yeah. a lot of money. They've raised like over $50 million. They've gone and signed deals with, you know, not just Ford, but a lot of other uh, car manufacturers. They've got brands using it now, like Domino's. And, you, you know, in in the early days, these guys were all about, you know and, and obviously as they still are today you know addressing places that are just don't have normal addresses right so you know if you're you know they 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 work with the united nations they work with a lot of um you know ngos and and, and folks you know that are you know sort of trying to uh to bring assistance to you know uh, rural and and poor parts of the world and so you know think about okay we need to get we're the red cross or you know whatever or, or the salvation army or we we need to get you know assistance and we need to drop food into uh you know a little hut village in the middle of nowhere well how do you like what's the address for that you know what i mean and so you know that's where the, a lot of this came from in the early days and the fact that this is now mainstream to me is super exciting i remember i, I think i was watching It's over a year ago now, maybe two years even. I was watching like an episode of NCIS or something. And, you know, they were like, you know, in their kind of like headquarters, computer room, like doing whatever. And they actually like pulled up what three words, uh, like in, in the TV episode. Like that's how far these guys have come right to to find wherever they were trying to go to catch the criminal or whatever it was that they were doing um but like, like it, it, it's fascinating to me to see you know that level of uh of evolution and uh for a platform like this and i think it's so simple in what they do and yet so powerful um in in how they've been able to position this and and the apis that they have available in and, and linking it to any any other data set or platform out there um, and I think it's not just for navigation, you know, for consumers in this case. I expect uh, many more brands are going to start to jump on, on board with this kind of thing. In a lot of ways, if you think about Place IQ, for example, in, in, in New York, you know, kind of mapping the U.S. Uh, into a grid system and then looking mm-hmm. at how ads get delivered uh, into one sector of the grid and, and if, if that traffic uh, or the, the consumer who saw that ad then moves to another sector in the grid. Um, you know these guys have a grid for the entire world, um, you know, and, and I think you you know what you can do with that uh, is really limitless. So I'm excited, you know, for them. I'm excited for this partnership, and I think I think there's big things yet to come. Um, so yeah, check it out if you have if you haven't seen it yet. Just what with the number three wordscom is their site. All right, uh, our final story uh, is about our friends at Walgreens. And they have announced that across the entire U.S. Uh, store network, um, seven thousand stores, uh, they are now going to be accepting AliPay. Um, you know, this is this is something we've talked a lot about over the over the last couple of years, in particular. Um, you know, the uh, Ant Financial, uh, which owns AliPay, um, uh, you know, has been making. You know they've got a U.S. sales team. They're obviously out signing deals with with retailers. Uh, Macy's, I know, uh, is on board, and, and a number of others. But the idea is is that Chinese tourists, in particular, travelers uh, coming into the U.S. Uh, and even Canada, uh, you know, some four million of them annually, um, you know, uh, is is what they say that um, you know are uh, you know when they're at home they're used to using Alipay. To pay, and so, you know, why not make it easy and convenient for them to just pay in the way that they're already used to, and accept Alipay, you know, at U.S. stores, uh, in U.S. retail. Now, I know this is completely anti-Trump, but uh, you know, like I, like this, this, like you know, in today's day and age, you know, it's not about boundaries, it's not about political systems. Like it, it, it should be about how do we use technology and have it not be about technology like just have it be about seamless interoperability uh and ease of use for the consumer right at the end of the day that's what we all want um and i think for me this 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 is a as simple as it gets right it's like hey i'm used to paying with this why don't you accept it okay well walgreens is saying now we will across all seven thousand stores um and away you go and uh you know, so so I think that uh, it makes sense. I think you know they're the biggest, obviously, drugstore chain uh, in the U.S. and uh, and now they accept AliPay across all locations.
1: Yeah, I think this makes sense. I I'm not sure that this is a fact, but rumor has it that the county that I live in here um, in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Gwinnett County, is the most diverse county in all of the U.S. Um, because we have people from everywhere that live here, and I mean every uh like non-american food type of store that you want is here i mean every you know bodega that you were looking for every dominican salon like all of those things you can find in this county um and i and so i feel like there's a lot of even even people who are like you said travelers but also people who live here you know that have moved here or are just more um you know have more of that culture ingrained in them this is how they want to pay and obviously it's to the benefit of walgreens to accept every form of payment that they possibly can um and allow people to pay with whatever they want to pay with if it's money it's money um so i like this i think this is good uh obviously i don't use alipay but I use Apple Pay. And, and if I went somewhere else, and I then I would prefer to be able to use Apple Pay as well. Right. So. Yeah, it works it both ways,
0: right? And, and that's. And, yeah. And, and, and I think that's the key, right? I, I think that retailers and brands need to be thinking about just ubiquitous acceptance of payment, uh, you know, across all these platforms, right? You can't just say, um, well, I'm I'm only going with this one because I have, you know, preferred rates or, you know, it's going to save me five cents, you know, on a transaction or whatever it is. Um, you know, you need to think about it from the customer first, right? And uh, you know, what do they want, and what are they looking for, and what do they use, and and be supporting it. And, and so, I, you know, I, I think this is a good move for Walgreens, and we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully, Ali, right. hopefully Apple Pay will be accepted wherever you go in China.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah,
0: there you go. All right, that's our show for this week. Uh, three industry news stories, three member news stories, uh, some wide-ranging uh, technologies there uh, and applications. But, um, yeah, we, uh, we love doing this show every week. Um, we thank you all for watching and listening. If you have story ideas, please reach out to us. If you have feedback uh, or criticism, we love that too. Um, and the, all the contact information on how to reach us is right here at the end of the show. Um, And we'll, of course, be back next week with episode 406. Have a great
1: week, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.